Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hey there, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrier. And we're not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And before we get into some serums today, a friendly reminder that you can visit our website, forever35podcast.com, for links to everything we mention on the show. You can follow us on Twitter, at forever35pod, and Instagram, at forever35podcast. And join the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password is serums. Indeed. And you can reach us at 781-591-0390. You can call or text us there. You can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And I do just want to remind everyone that we have a newsletter, which you can sign up for at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. Thank you for that reminder, Dory. 
You are so welcome, Kate. So today we're going back to our roots. Are you saying I need to get my roots done? Yeah, I didn't I didn't know how to just like come out and say it, but we need to talk about your roots. They are I becoming mean, a problem on this video right. call. <laughs> you are skincare roots. Oh, I'm so excited. Because I was like recently thinking, I was like, I'm, I was kind of thinking of my skincare lineup as like a cast in a movie. And I was like, yeah. really? I'm really starting to like cast all the mm. roles. Like some of the roles have been filled. Like I've yeah. got my stars and other roles. I'm still auditioning skincare mm-hmm. products for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was, I was just kind of thinking like maybe we could go through our current lineup and, and just point out what are our, like ride or dies. What's not moving from the Let's lineup anymore? Okay. Because I do feel like after years of doing this podcast and I don't know, years of experimentation, we're kind of kind of coming into our own. All right. <laughs> Am I speaking out of turn? Would you agree? Are you coming into your own? I mean, I feel like you and I are on different journeys. I really be are. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to when it comes to this stuff, um, but I'm excited to hear where you're at right now. Okay, all right. Let me give you the scoop. Okay, so shall we start as if we are doing a skincare our skincare routine? Let's start at the top. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay, cleanser. Cleanser for me, it is one thing and one thing only, and that is Clore's Gentle Matter. That's it. I have others that I use because I I have a stash of things, mm-hmm. but that is the cream of the crop. That is number one. I love it more than anything. I don't think that's going to change. And when I want a physical exfoliant, I add their skin soil product to my cleanser for an extra scrub. But that's mine. That's it. I love it. And I'm done. Yes. Amazing. You have been, you have been really... Um promoting the Clore cleanser for a while. It was like the first time I used it, I was blown away and then nothing has ever really come close since. So that's just the one. That's just what it's going to be. That is just what it's going to be. So everyone just deal with it. Settle down. I am not touching another cleanser the day I die. Okay. On your cleanser front, give it to me. Okay. So I really love the milk and honey cleansing balm. I use it every night. I think it's wonderful. Um, And then, you know, I know that Carolina Hirons doesn't like us to wash our face in the shower, but I I wash my face. I still do. And in the shower, I use the Stratia Velvet Cleansing Milk. Okay. Okay. Are you washing your face in the morning if you don't like exercise or anything like that? Or are you just a water splasher in the morning? I'm usually not washing my face in the morning. You know, I... I talked to one esthetician who said you should wash your face in the morning, especially if you use like a retinol because there could still be, you know, Mm -hmm. retinol on your skin. Um, And so I try to remember that and wash my face or at least give it like a swip swipe with some micellar water. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like the Bioderma, which I think you initially turned me on to. I love Bioderma. Yeah. Um, Well, it is French. You know I love fron- <laughs> French prods. Love fr- French prods. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, sometimes I'll just do like a little swipe. But I have to admit, I don't always wash my face in the morning. Yeah, I'm kind of touch and go. It's like, how crusty do my eyes feel? That mm-hmm. kind of determines the rest yep. of the 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 procedure. Exactly. Okay, now, do you use a toner or a mist? I don't, Kate. And you don't feel like you need one. This is no. not like a role you're trying to fill. You know, I have I have dabbled in mists, I'll be honest. Um, and like, I just... I don't know. Sometimes, like, I I like the Milk and Honey Rose Hydrating Toner, um, which is a mist. And, again, I've dabbled, but, like, and I know people feel strongly about mists, you being one of them, but, like... (laughs) People, i.e. you. People, i.e. you. But I feel like we talked to someone who was, like, most mists are actually pretty drying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't consider them a necessary part of my of my skincare routine. I feel like it's like a nice to have, but don't need to have kind of thing. You know, like if, if they make you happy, go for it. But I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I need one. That's fair. On the other hand, I do. Maybe I'm addicted to a mist. <laughs> I love Josh Rosebrook's hydrating toner. That's going to probably take my first, first position, but I do have an understudy, which is Clinique's moisture surge face spray thirsty skin relief i've used almost a full bottle of this stuff and i really like it okay Mm -hmm. and an homage to our mothers yeah yeah i know who knew okay now you don't use a vitamin c serum no i again one of those things that i have tried and i just like i don't know i don't think my skin likes them and i've just sort of given up honestly but what is your next step? Like your morning serum is dot 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 timeless CoQ10. Okay, baby, this is your Angelina Jolie, your George Clooney, <laughs> your Denzel Washington product. <laughs> I I just love this product. I think it's perfect. It's I've, like I've I've no complaints or qualms or issues with it. I've been using it for years. I love it. Now, I will say lately my skin has been feeling a little bit dry. So I, on top of my CoQ10, I've been adding the Ordinary Hyaluronic 2% plus B5 serum. Ooh, okay. Which and is, that gives you a little juice. It's deeply moisturizing. So nice. yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. What well, about you? I, I do like a vitamin C serum. I'm still auditioning for this role. I've got two. Two people, two people, two serums in my medicine cabinet right now who are like fighting over the spot. I've been using Sunday Riley's vitamin C serum and Summer Friday's vitamin C serum. Now, these both sound, I mean, Sunday Riley is a name. Summer Friday, I feel like could also be somebody's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like both of them. But then Chlor also has a pro- has a vitamin C that I want to try. Mm-hmm. So I might, I just have to use these that I already have. So I've, but I really like both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like a vitamin C. I do find it to be a very brightening addition to my skincare regimen. Okay. All right. Now take me on your morning moisturizer journey. And I want to know, is it the same at night? Okay. Okay. First, no, it is not the same at night. Okay. Usually in the morning, I'm using the Tatcha water cream. However, recently, see under my skin feeling very dry. I've been using the moisturizer, or I use it at night 
which right now is the Skin Fix Barrier Plus Triple Lipid Peptide Cream in the morning, even though that is like a, a thick, as you would say, moisturizer, because I just feel like my skin has been like crying out for it. But mm. normally I will use the Tatcha Water Cream followed by sunscreen. Um, you know, I've long liked the Biore Watery Essence sunscreen. Um, but after I ran out recently, I turned to something that Paula's Choice had sent us a while ago, which is their Skin Restoring Moisturizer with SPF 50. Okay. And this is this is not for people who have oily skin or, you know, this is a this is a moisturizing sunscreen. But like I said, my skin has been feeling very dry lately, so I have been slathering the stuff on. Well, so that's you know, my that's my morning moisture routine. That makes sense about I use the Biore Watery Essence too, and that is on my list, but that does have alcohol in it. So I can see how if your mm -hmm. skin's already feeling dry, that that yep. would only be contributing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should also say I do like the Biosance um, Mineral and Squalane sunscreen as well. Okay. Yeah, you've mentioned that before on this. But I also like, <laughs> I do like that the Paula's <laughs> Choice is SPF 50. And that's a a moisturizer with SPF 50. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I consider it a sunscreen. Gotcha. Gotcha. That works but for me. I, because I still use another moisturizer under it. But I suppose yeah. you could just use it as your moisturizer. But I feel like it's been sort of like drilled into our brains to, to do those separately. I know. I do too. So I don't know. What about you? Where are you at with moisturizers? Okay, so my morning and evenings are different, and I'm going to come in with a little bit of a surprise. I have a favorite that I've kind of been like in denial about. Ooh, okay. Go on. I didn't realize I loved it. I have so many moisturizers, and this is the one I'm drawn to every morning, and it's Belief True Cream Aqua Bomb. Oh, but people I love that. That's not such a like a weird one. No, it's not weird, but it, it's more that like I've never really... Like I always use it every day. And then one day I was like, I love this. Why have I never mm. like championed this product? I see. I see. I see. I love it. And, and I also kind of alternate Osea, who has advertised on this podcast. Uh, I love their products. They have something called the atmosphere protection cream that I also really love as a, mm. as a day cream. And as for sunscreen, the Biore watery essence, I just ordered a four pack of it. I the reason I was pushed over to the edge to commit to it is that I tried Kula's full spectrum 360 degree refreshing water cream organic face sunscreen SPF 50 that is the full name mm -hmm. thinking it could like replace the Biore for me and it only highlighted why I love that fucking shit more I love that <laughs> Biore watery essence <laughs> I have like uh... one in my purse one in the car two in my bathroom. I love it. I love wow. It. Okay. So that is morning. That is my morning. All right. Um, well, what, what else happens at night for you? Okay. So a couple things that have happened at night. I love the Jan Marini BioClear face lotion. Mm, so this goes on after mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. after I missed after I wash and missed. I notice an immediate difference when I use this. Wow. Like the next, yeah, okay. I notice like the next morning my skin looks clear and bright. Okay. 
So that is my serum. And I alternate that with retinol. And I either use the SkinCeuticals 0.5% and then put a moisturizer on top. Or right now, I am still trying that A313 retinol that requires your face to be bone dry. And then I just Mm. put that on with no moisturizer or anything. And then I just go to bed. Oh, you put on with no moisturizer. It's like a thick gloop. It's so intense. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it has like the texture of aquaphor. It's it's heavy. Mm. It's really weird. Yeah, so it feels like you're putting on like a sluggy type thing. So th- those are my... Fascinating. And then if I was going to pick a nighttime skin cream... Yeah. Well, we've already discussed how I'm mourning the loss of Avene skin recovery, which yeah. would have yeah. maybe taken first place. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to now try a million Avene products. As I put in the notes, fuck you. Excuse me, Aven. It's not Avene. Aven. <laughs> I literally wrote, fuck you, Aven. I know. It really made me chuckle. <laughs> but I also do love Skin Fix's triple lipid and SkinCeutical's triple lipid. It's just that that Aven skin recovery was just really doing it for me. So, okay. I've lost I've lost it. You know, you are making me wonder if I should go back to the Jan Marini. I love it, but it might not work for you. No, I like I liked it. I think I just I had gone a few times to this new um esthetician and she like really pushed their whole line on me in a way that felt like very aggressive and very like Look, if you don't use these products, like wow. you are nothing, kind of. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I and I think I think I just sort of like recoiled from that. Like it mm-hmm. had the opposite effect on me. <laughs> you and know what's so, so I've had that same um experience with another product line where like it was pushed on me so hard I was like, this stuff can't be good. Yeah. And yeah. I was and so I was just like, no. Um <laughs> Even though I did use some and I did like it, um, so you know, I don't know. You're you're giving me some some interesting food for thought. All right, okay, chomp chomp. <laughs> um, I have also been using some retinol. Um, apostrophe sponsored our, our podcast, and so I got their trentinoin and niacinamide. Um, lotion and trentinoin is, you know, prescription retinol. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. I, I found it to be not, like when I first started using it, there was a little bit of dryness, but like my skin adapted pretty quickly to it. I thought it worked pretty well. Um, but, you know, I also still like the Shawnee Darden retinol reform. So I'm a fan of that. Um, I also like, even though I don't think they like really work, I still. <laughs> I'm still using eye cream. Um, I like Tatcha has a silk peony eye cream, um, which is really lovely. Also kind of expensive, but Thrive Cosmetics, which also sponsors our show, has a really lovely gravity lifting eye cream Mm. that I like. So I recommend that. And then face oil wise, I just really like that Biosance squalane oil. You know, you have really been a Biosance user from the beginning. 
I like I I like their products. And you haven't strayed, I have to say. You really like have stood firm with them. Yeah. I mean, look. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to mention? You know, for I have kind of moved away from face oil unless it's a squalling that I am adding to a moisturizer. And the squalene I use comes from my facialist, Trina Renee. Mm-hmm. And I really love, I really like her um, squalene products. Um, and I, I like Supernal's oil. I like the Lolly Beauty Plum Elixir. Um, Clore just sent me their new unseasonal kind, which is an, like an oil based lipid. Mm-hmm. I just have kind of, I don't think for me an oil is enough moisturizer. I think what I really love is a, is a, is something of a, a cream variety, mm-hmm. which I know is not even the right term because I know like something's an occlusive and something's an emollient and you got it. Like I know I'm not saying the right word, but you know what I mean. It comes in a tube and the color is probably white and I'm going to slather it on my face. I think that's where I've landed. Okay. Now, here is something I'm in the market for. Some sort of like intense exfoliant. Like, should I go back Mm. to the Dr. Dennis Gross peel pad things that I once got a million years ago before this podcast? Can I ask? I have two questions for you. One is how frequently do you want to use these? And two is what, what is your goal? What is your exfoliation goal? Okay, how often? Once a week, once every two weeks? What is my goal? Uh, I don't know, like a glowing angel skin, looking okay. like a goddess, uh-huh, uh-huh. blowing everyone's mind with how radiant I am. I don't okay. really have a good goal. Maybe just kind of getting some turnover, but maybe the retinol is already doing that. Mm. Yeah. I just want to like mean- peel off a layer of my face, basically, like once a month. <laughs> I I think you can give it a shot. You know, I believe that those Dennis Gross um peel pads come in like a a very small quantity. Like you can buy like 5 of them. Oh, that's a good idea. So maybe just buy a few of them and see how they work for you and see if you like them and then you can commit to the bigger, you know, Package. Like a big box. I used them many years ago, but I, I don't think I was like truly as focused on what my objectives were. You know what I mean? I just was like, someone told me to get these. I'll use these twice mm-hmm. a week. So, okay, Dory, thank you for that advice. I, that's really sound. And that's why I love getting to talk about this stuff with you. <laughs> Seriously. Well, thanks. Um, well, before we take a break, let's introduce our listeners to our guests. Yes, guests, plural, today. Um, we talked to the wonderful Joe Piazza and Christine Pride, who wrote a book together that is out now called We Are Not Like Them. And Joe is a best selling author, podcast creator, and award winning journalist. She is the national, international best selling author of many critically acclaimed novels and nonfiction books, including Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win, The Knockoff, and How to Be Married. She also hosts the podcast Under the Influence. Christine Pride is a writer, editor, and longtime publishing veteran. She's held editorial posts at many different trade imprints, including Doubleday, Broadway, Crown, Hyperion, and Simon & Schuster. 
As a freelance editorial consultant, she does select editing and proposal slash content development, as well as teaching and coaching and pens a regular column called Race Matters for Cup of Joe. So we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Joe and Christine. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I am right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got what? to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about Quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues 
women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get oh, into okay, it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it, like, the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just, like, sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like, get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. Joe and Christine, we are so excited to have you on Forever 35. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. We love this podcast so much. We're big fans. 
Yay. Um, well, as you know, we do like to start off by asking our guests about a self-care practice that they have. So we'd love to just hear from each of you about a self-care practice that you currently have. So I will start and I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to admit what I've been doing lately. Cause Christine and I had to go on a mostly virtual book tour and I just got like real freaking vain, like real vain. Like I, I did. <laughs> nice. And so now my, my self care is literal vanity, which is I got the Botox. I got, I, I got the fake eyelashes that last for like two weeks. Ooh. And I went in and I was like, don't make me look like a Kardashian exactly, but like a little bit like a Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling you, it is self care because I wake up. I, I, I picked them all off this weekend. I'm going again tomorrow. But when I had them, I woke up in the morning and I'm like, you're just beautiful. You are one <laughs> beautiful lady. And, you know, I mean, in other times I would like be like yoga, running, I listen to podcasts, but no, screw it. Right now it is vanity and Botox for me. <laughs> Mine is kind of related to that because I've been buying a lot of clothes or at least coveting a lot of clothes. And I think through the pandemic, right? I mean, I'm not the only one here. We were all just in yoga pants in the same sweatshirt for days at a time. Um, and it's just now is such a treat to actually have a reason to wear clothes. And it really reminds you that what you wear matters, you right? Like, I mean, it's like Joe was saying, you look in the mirror and you feel better. Like sometimes when you put on a, a real sweater or real pants with an actual zipper, it can change your whole outlook. <laughs> you really feel like a real person in the world. Uh, and so I've been wearing a lot of new dresses, uh, jumpsuits uh, on, on our book tour and our Ooh. Zooms. And it's really given me a little like, oh yeah, this is, this is fun. I forgot what clothes were like. <laughs> yeah. And she looks so good, by the way. So good. I believe that. You both look amazing. <laughs> but you you it's interesting that you both kind of mention these things um that like involve presenting a little bit, like how we present to the outside world. And I do feel like this experience of the pandemic has made me at least personally forget how pleasurable that can be. Like vanity is very satisfying. There's no shame in that. So is like dressing up in a way that feels good for us. I mean, those are just such satisfying practices. And it really is just for me. I think that I took that for granted before, right? When you do something every day, you just, you know, becomes part of the normal routine, like put on mascara, put on a shirt. But when you don't do it for a long time and then you do it again, it feels like a different kind of ritual. And the same way that we were looking at our mm. walls over and over again and getting sick of, you know, mm -hmm. why did I paint my apartment this color? I'm so sick of looking at it. I was sick of looking at myself looking the exact same way day after day. And so just the invigoration of, lipstick as vain as it may oh. seem it really just is like um i don't know another way of looking at the world and looking at yourself it is just like so much about me my husband i know so many women like hide botox from their husbands and i thought about that for like five minutes and then i'm just like really like i can't even lie about whether or not i was the one that emptied the dishwasher or like changed the baby's diaper so i just like I got the Botox and he's like, I don't think you need it. I think it's kind of gross. And I was like, 
No one cares what you think, Nick Astor. It's just me. It's all about me. <laughs> so I, you know what I, I, I do. I feel, I feel so much better now. I think we have, we're also all staring at our faces on these zooms. And so this just gives yeah. me like a nice moment of, ah, I like my forehead. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've ever looked at ourselves mm-hmm. this much. And then also looked at ourselves with knowing other people are looking at us yes. and looking at other people. Like there's just so much staring mm-hmm. going on that it really gets you in your head. I mean, at least it has for me. Same. Totally. And it's really fascinating how different it is staring at if the four of us were sitting around a conference table, it would just be a different experience of staring at each other, right? I mean, we would still see each other. So that hasn't changed. But it's just, it's just so funny how the screen invites a certain level of scrutiny maybe that we wouldn't have because there's so many other stimuli around us right but it would when it's just face 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 <laughs> we're singularly focused yeah. but you all look beautiful i can tell the uh, audience that can't see you that everyone looks very beautiful thank so you. thank you everyone looks great christine i have a really i have a really important question for you which is where are you getting these dresses and jumpsuits So I've been kind of all over the place and mainly I have to say Instagram, which I have a love-hate relationship with, but the Instagram feed really does get to know you and it does serve me up a lot of brands that I would never know otherwise, right? So I mean, there's the go-to where you're at, you know, you look at Zara or H&M or, you know, even like bigger, like Macy's or Nordstrom's or whatever, but shop up. That a porte, uh, but then when these um, you know brands come on your feed, I'm like, oh you, I, I don't know about you. Let me click here. Oh you, um, and so I found a lot of brands like Farm Rio I never knew about before, and mm. some other places. And I also did Newly. It's N U U L Y, which yes. is kind of a rental runway. Did Newly for a while. Yeah, I just discovered it via Instagram, and I'm into it. Joe has seen a lot of my Newly shirts on. On various zooms, <laughs> they've been. Ma- you get six of them, so they've been making the rotation. Um, and and I like the service. Newly is you get the clothes for a month and then you send them back. Is that how it works? Or and you have the option to buy them. Yes, and and Joe, yes. I I wore a pink shirt in Nashville, a Newly shirt, and Joe said that is so cute. You have to buy that. So I am going to get the pink shirt from from that Newly. This is really it fascinating does, news that every listener wants to know yes. all about. <laughs> no, it is <laughs> seriously. Like I, I mean, as our listeners know, I have been talking about this ad nauseum, which is like how we dress coming out of the pandemic. And I think for a lot of us, these are suddenly questions that like, we don't know how to answer. And so someone just being like, I'm renting clothes for a month. Like, actually, that actually is really helpful. Like, it, it does sound like a, a good, useful way to sort of get yourself out of the pandemic clothes rut. So very helpful for the record. <laughs> I think everybody forgot what their style was, right? It's like, what did I totally. wear? What did I like? Yeah. And so you can try these pieces yeah. temporarily without making a commitment and say, yes, peasant blouses are my thing right now. Or, you know, yes, yes I used to love yeah. red and now it does not look good on me. Things like that. We can transition to talking about the two of you and your friendship and how you came to be co-authors um, because you have such a really cool origin story. 
that we're familiar with, but I would love just um, if you want to just share it quickly with our audience, how you two first met and then how you came to decide to write this book together. I'll start. And, you know, I think you guys know this really well, that you can be like the closest of friends with someone, or you can also be like very good work collaborators with someone. But it's rare to find that special person that you can be both with. Um, it is like the, the two qualities like don't necessarily always overlap. And Christine was my editor on my last novel at Simon and Schuster. Charlotte Walsh likes to win. And we just really liked each other right away. We enjoyed working together. Um, and we had that kind of spark that is rare when you're a grown up adult woman of a certain age where you're like, I could be like real friends with this person. And then it's almost like you're going on your first dates too, because you're like, Oh, does she like me? Does she like me like that? Is she going to text me back if I like don't send a work text, but like instead like a funny text? Like, how is she going to respond to that? So those were like our early courtship days. Uh, and we just, you know, we started hanging out. We, we like to bond over the fact we're like, we like both really love like getting a good deal at Target, a strong drink, really greasy French fries, mm. and like, talking about like bad Hallmark movies and HGTV shows. Um, and we made good books together. We did Charlotte Walsh. And then Christine got hired to edit a book for the TV show Younger, which is also about publishing. And she needed a writer to write one of the fake novels on the TV show in like four weeks. And she hired me to do it. And it was like, we we did it so fast over Christmas vacation. And like, we also had to make it like really sassy, funny, and like also kind of dirty, which was not our wheelhouse. So you bond, you bond really quick when you're sending each other like the dirtiest scenes you could possibly send to another person. And um, if you can stay friends after that. At one point, we sent our dirtiest page to the producers of the show, and they were like, not dirty enough. Go back to the drawing Whoa, board. And we're like, yes, what could wow. we possibly put on this page? Okay. <laughs> You'll have to read the book to find out what it ended up being. It- <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like page page fifty eight. I was at Christmas Eve dinner with my mother in law when I wrote that on text over <laughs> under the table, uh, and so after that we were like, all right, like can we? How can we keep working together forever? And but like also work in a different way because we practically wrote Marriage Vacation together, and Christine had this idea for a novel that she mentioned to me, and I just I got that feeling in my stomach that was like. This is a really important book. And like I, I have to like drop all the other stuff that I'm working on and do this with Christine. And then we started. Then the magic happened. Yeah, because this was 2018 when we finished Marriage Vacation. And just, I mean, I think 2018 feels like the before times in so many ways. But if we can all use our like, you know, time travel, you know, and take ourselves back there, it was, you know, we're still in that post-Trump disorientation, right? And what is the world? And there were so many police shootings that just come in these waves um, and, you know, all these depressing headlines. Uh, and it was something that was really affecting me personally and had been since 
Ferguson. And it was really this idea of, you know, what would happen to a friendship between a black woman and a white woman that was upended by this. Like it was testing everybody in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, not just those headlines, but others. Uh, we were all having these conversations about like, how do I talk to my friend about this or that? Or they voted for Trump and I didn't, or, you know, they feel this way about immigration and I don't. Uh, and so it just felt like there was a lot that we could delve into. Um, and I was still working full time as an editor with a busy day job. And so even if this idea was percolating in the back of my mind, it was daunting to think about writing a book. Uh, I had never done it before. And since Joe and I came off the heels of this amazing collaboration, it just felt like the stars aligned that not only could I have a partner in writing this book, which would be amazing, but also because of the subject that we were tackling, writing as a white woman and a black woman would make this book even better. Like this was a really unique opportunity. And so we just, it was like, I proposed, I was like, would you, would you want to do this with me? And <laughs> she said, yes. <laughs> I said, I will, I will accept your rose, Christine. <laughs> for the, for the benefit of our listeners who may not have read the book yet, could you give them a little bit of a synopsis of what the book is about? Well, for also for the benefit of your listeners, we should point out, we feel like we have to do this on podcast when it's all audio that I am a black woman and Joe is a white woman. That is actually awkward to call out, but it is material to our story. So, yeah. <laughs> I, so we are not like them is about the lifelong friendship between a black woman named Riley and her friend Jen. And they meet when they're little in Philadelphia where the book is set. Um, and they are, you know, as close as sisters through their adolescence and adulthood. And Riley has just moved back to Philly after working up the ranks um, of television journalism. And she's come back for this big job with a local station in Philadelphia. And she's excited to reconnect with Jen, who is expecting her first child and is married to a police officer in Philadelphia. And as the novel opens, I mean, you know, right at the beginning, we learn that Jen's husband has been involved in the shooting of an unarmed black person uh, and how then that incident really upends both each of their lives because Riley has to cover the story. And obviously it hits close to home because it involves her husband, but also their friendship because they're forced to reckon with how this incident affects them and, you know, brings up conversations that they have not previously had and how they're going to confront that and push through it. So, I mean, this is, this is obviously very, um, timely and, mm. um, I don't want to say controversial, but like, I think that's fair. Raises a lot of <laughs> yeah, touchy issues. That's, that's fair. Um, and so, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just kind of wondering, like, what what was challenging about writing a book like this? And then also, what what were some things that you both had to like? Were there things that that you felt like each of you needed to explain to the other person? Like, how did you kind of come to see eye to eye on what you were writing about? Oh my God. Yes. And so I, I love that you said that though. You're like, should I say it's controversial? Mm. Like, is it? And it is talking about race in America is such a weird thing. And it's such a huge, huge overarching issue. And Christine and I wanted to bring it down to like such an intimate microcosm to a friendship. Like what happens when race impacts a lifelong friendship of two women who just love each other so freaking much too. Yeah. Because we're like, if we can show how it plays out in this space, 
then maybe people can start having the conversations and feel more comfortable bringing it up in in different spaces in at, at work or with that friend that you don't know that well. And Christine and I were brand new friends, and we hadn't had to talk about race in our previous interactions. And both of us came to the table with a lot of anxieties about that. I grew up in such white spaces. I went to a like really white, like Catholic girls school. I went to Penn for college and Penn, it's diverse, but people self segregate. They really do. And so I didn't have a close black female friend until Christine. And, you know, when we first started doing interviews, I felt almost ashamed to admit that. Or I was like, are people going to judge me? But I found it's the case for a lot of white women. And I want to bring it up, you know, to say like, this was my experience. And so when we started having our conversations about race, I think I was a little quieter than I would have been talking about maybe any literally anything else, right? Because I had so much anxiety, and I didn't want to get it wrong. And I didn't want to insult my new friend. And I didn't want to say something that could be misconstrued. And then Christine read that anxiety as that I didn't want to talk about race, mm. that mm. I was avoiding it, or I was apathetic. And so then she's a little anxious because she's like, I don't want to be the only the black woman who's always bringing up race. And so then both of our anxieties are just hanging out in the room, like these like giant, like, like nervous elephants all over the place. And we to get through it, we had to like finally sit down and be like, what the hell is going on with us? Like, let's talk about this. And but Christine didn't realize why I was nervous. And I didn't realize why she was nervous. We just both knew that we weren't talking. Mm. And so I'll let her continue from here and tell, tell her story of how, how she felt in the very beginning. No, I think that makes sense. And I think, you know, we, um, one of the earlier conversations we had about this was the fact that, and this was kind of a proxy to our characters, but the journey that Jen and Riley are on in the book, we're making the case which is true in real life, especially from a black woman's point of view, that you, it's impossible to have a close friendship unless you are able to talk about race. Like it is always as close as your white friend might feel to you. If you talk about, you know, relationships and hopes and dreams and fears and family drama and what have you, it really, there's always going to be a gulf there if that's the thing that you never talk about. And so that's, what I was trying to get across to Joe, both in terms of our friendship, like we're not ever going to be close friends if we cannot talk about race. And also in the context of our characters, right? Like they, they need to push through this too. If they're going to have the level of intimacy that the reader and we want for them, right? We're rooting for them to, to have this closeness in their relationship. And I think, you know, Joe's reaction to that, uh, at least initially was defensive. And I think that that is a common, right? Like, so it's, that's the cycle that happens. Like sometimes when you bring up things about race as a black person, whether it is an indictment or not, it feels that way. And then it's, you know, you, either I'm met with like defensiveness or dismissiveness or, you know, like you're overreacting or that's not what I meant or whatever it is. Right. And so one of the things that we talked about a lot in terms of these conversations, it's almost that the reaction matters as much as the original mm -hmm. conversation itself. Right. And that when we got to the point where there was conflict, which inevitably 
there can be when you're talking about these things, then rather than that be the end of the conversation, which it is for so many people, right? It's really easy to say, she didn't understand it all. I'm done. Or, you know, she's never going to get it. She's never going to forgive me. Whatever these extreme statements are, right? Um, and retreat to our corners. We had to push through that. I mean, partly because we were contractually obligated to write a book together, mm. uh, but partly because we believed in our friendship and what we were trying to do in real life and on the page. And that seemed that, that gave us the motivation to keep at it rather than just write each other off and, you know, kind of move on. So we tell this story so openly and honestly, because we hope then that it is inspiration for other people who are in a similar situation to, you know, to push through and to recognize that this is a process in that one conversation. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, we are back. Your book was just selected as a GMA book club pick. Congratulations. Um, And that is like a huge national stage. So what was that like, kind of bringing the issues that you raise in your book to this massive platform? Yeah. Well, it was really nice for us, honestly, that it was GMA. Like we felt so passionately from the beginning that we wanted this book to be not just a novel, like this had to be fiction. We did not want to write a nonfiction book about, you know, a black woman and a white woman who are friends that has one been done before. But two, we think fiction just touches people in a different way than nonfiction does. So we want to write a novel that was also very commercially accessible, like the cover of our novel is beautiful. And the title is not, you know, attacking anyone with the concept of race. And our subject is about lifelong friendship. And it has important issues of race in there. So when GMA picked it, we were like, Oh, my gosh, like this will help us reach such a bigger audience with this book that we really think can help people start to have a conversation that they were just they were too scared of because race is the third rail in America. And you will pick up a novel. I think most people in our country will pick up a novel before they will pick up the wonderful nonfiction out there that you know, how to be an anti racist or white fragility, because we are honestly not attacking anyone in this book, we tried to come at it from every possible side of this story, we are not preaching to anyone. I just want people to see behind the headlines and to try to get to know someone who is not like them. Hence the title, We Are Not Like Them. Uh, so good, good Morning America. I mean, there's so many book clubs out there, but it felt like such the right platform for us. And we got to be interviewed by Deborah Roberts, who is just first, I mean, she glows. Speaking of like self-care and wellness, like she just glows from the inside. From within, like there's a light inside of her. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, God, crazy. she just got this book. Like she just mm. got it. And she like could, she said she saw so much of herself in our character, Riley. And so we couldn't have thought of a better platform for this to be chosen for. To get selected for a big morning show, I think for a lot of writers can feel like an accomplishment, which it is, right? Like somebody has recognized the merits of your book and that feels good ego-wise. But I think also Joe and I, rather than thinking of it as an accomplishment, thought about it as an opportunity, right? We were like, oh, wow, now this book is going to be in a platform, in a place, have the eyeballs and ears to do what we wanted this book to do, which is to start conversation. So it felt like we needed something to be that catalyst. Um, and, and that, that's what this is. And that these, now that the book has been in the world for a week, we can see the spark of these conversations really taking off and, and it's exciting. Yeah. I was curious what, I mean, your, your book came out October 5th. So we're recording this less than 10 days after it's come out. What has mm. the reaction been like for you? What have the conversation, what are the conversations that you're kind of 
seeing happen? And, and what are people saying? What's been the response? Christine, you tell us, you tell the one story that I love. There's, there's so many, but there's one I love. Uh, well, it's been, I have to say it's been amazing. And again, there's the ego part that's amazing that you work so hard on a book and we work so long and this was a long road. And then people actually responding to it in a way that, you know, saying nice things like they enjoy it. It's a page turner. It's spellbinding. You know, I mean, we did, you know, soak in the reviews. I'm not going to lie. And that appealed to our vanity. Um, but the, bigger part of it and the more meaningful part of it is to see the impact that it has on other people's lives. So for example, uh, this woman, this black woman, um, we heard of a story where she had, after George Floyd was murdered last summer and she had a white friend and they had a conversation in which it felt like the white friend had said something that offended her in whatever way. And she cut her off, was like, you know, I'm done with this relationship. I'm not going to talk to this person anymore. And then she read the book and she had read this piece that I wrote in the stylist where I talk about wariness about white friends. And she thought, I'm going to give her another chance. Like it's worth having a conversation. I'm going to call her and whether, you know, they work it out or not, we don't know. But the idea that it's just like we were, you know, we were talking about earlier with Joe and I's relationship. Like it's so easy just to say, I'm done. This is too hard. I don't want to do this. And so the idea that somebody will give a relationship a second chance and that this relationship might get a second chance and might come to some sort of understanding or at least be able to talk through these feelings from such a hard summer last summer is just music yeah. to our ears. I mean, it's so yeah. gratifying. It's yeah, so that's amazing. cool. And so I, I have a friend uh, who lives up in northeastern PA uh, in a very working class town. It's in a very, very white area. And she has the kind of family, I mean, and I don't think I, I she wouldn't be insulted to hear me say this. We always talk about this all the time, where you would say, oh, you're, the older relatives are just a little bit racist, but they're in a different generation. They're old. That's why they talk like that. And um you know, it's a thing that I hear a lot in all white spaces. And we put that in the book because we wanted people to kind of see their own experiences that they often see in all white spaces. And this friend read the book. She read it so fast. She read it in like one or two nights. And she just, her text was just, oh my God, emoji, emoji, I'm changed. And then her mom read it and her mom texted me the exact same thing. And just, I mean, we're... We're blown away. And in all of our interviews, and we said this uh, in our interview with um, Deborah Roberts on GMA, we're like, we're, people are reaching out to us saying, I am a white woman or I am a black woman and I do not have a friend of another race, which is not uncommon. 75% of white people don't have a friend of another race. It is an actual statistic. And so, and they're like, but I'd like to talk about this book with someone who is not like me. And so we have become Tinder connect for readers connecting readers who from different backgrounds of all different kinds, different ages, races, classes, and pairing them up with someone who is not like them to read the book together in a buddy read and then have a conversation. And it can be just one on one or a book club. And like, we feel like people are going to make new friends and new connections through this book. Uh, and Christine was surprised by this. She learned about it when I posted about it on Instagram. I forgot to tell her because sometimes I think we share a brain. 
at 11 p.m. I'm just scrolling, scrolling through, and Joe makes a big announcement how Christine and Joe are doing buddy reads and DM for this project. And I was like, oh, we are. Okay. I mean, I'm totally here for it. And I learned about some of Joe's most grandiose ideas on Instagram. Oh, my God. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> so it's fine. Uh, but this is what we want to do. I mean, this is exactly it. Get people talking. And not even just talking about race, which is such a big part of the book and that we really leaned into, but there's so much to talk about here in terms of friendship, just in generally to read uh, in a book club or with a friend, right? You know, these have been lifelong friends who face other challenges, even in their friendship of long distance or when somebody gets married and, you know, the other friend doesn't, or, you know, how a baby, one, one friend having a baby can change a relationship or that you have different career paths or, you know, so there, there's just, there's a lot to talk about. Well, and, and fertility. I was, oh, well, I was going to say Dory because I was, so I was pregnant when we were writing most of this and we started writing it in 2018, which is when I interviewed Dory from my other podcast, Committed, about her whole IVF process, not even really like thinking that it would ever be a part of the book, but just going back and looking like at when I was developing this, I'm like, and so many of my other friends were going through IVF. I'm like, oh my gosh, of course. Like I was thinking about how hard it was for our character, Jen, and just remembering like how much like Dory was telling me when we were talking about yeah. this and how hard it was for her. And it's just so many issues that touch us as women that we know we don't see them in fiction. We just don't see them in commercial fiction. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I think we had that conversation before I got pregnant. So I, and that I was really kind of in the dregs of, <laughs> you know, this is never mm -hmm. going to work and everything sucks. Um, Christine. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was yeah. it was right before you got pregnant. Yeah. Um, Christine, I'm wondering what this whole experience was like for you kind of being on the other side um, of the publishing process, you know, you worked for an editor for many years. And what was what was sort of revelatory or new for you as an author? What was unexpected? Um, what do you feel like you um, maybe understand better now um, than you did, you know, when you were an editor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still surreal. The other day, uh, you know, somebody described me as a writer and I was like, wait, what? Who? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, technically that is true. My name is on a book, but my identity has been a book editor for yeah. 20 years, right? So it's just, it's kind of yeah. hard to switch those mindsets. Um, and I think the biggest thing I learned, which should not have come as such a shock to me. Uh, but writing a book is very, very, very hard. It really, really is. Um, and, you know, I've seen people obviously do it over and over and over again. I've worked closely with writers like Joe, you know, who've done it over and over and over again. Um, but I, it's one of those things that you don't really know what it's like until you do it. I'm sure like having a baby or getting married, like until you cross this threshold, you can hear about it or observe it, but you just really don't know what it's like. Um, and so, it was hard uh, to just face the blank page. And there's a real emotional component to it that I think that I underestimated in terms of how vulnerable it can make you feel and how scary it is to show people your work and be judged for it. Usually I'm the one that's doing all the judging uh, on the other yeah. side. Uh, and so yeah. to know what people are thinking 
and feeling and saying, even in editorial meetings about people's work or in marketing meetings, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, uh, you, and you kind of know too much <laughs> about what's happening behind the scenes. There's a certain ignorance is bliss, right? When you're like, Oh, I'm going to turn my book over to the publishing house and who knows what happens, but I know what's happening at every meeting, at every stage. What's a good sign? What's a bad sign? You know, so it's, it was also a little bit like the doctor becoming a patient <laughs> in a lot of ways where I was like, okay, in this, in these meetings or these calls, like I really have to try to remember that I have no role here other than to listen and trust, you know, our expert team, which we had an amazing publishing team in Atria. They have done an incredible job with this book. Um, and so we are just, you know, happy to turn it over to their expertise, but it was still a very surreal thing for me to do having been on the other side for so long, but now I'm so much more empathetic and editor. Uh, and I'm still doing editorial work. And I think I'm, you know, it's like when you send somebody a 12 page editorial letter and you're like, good luck with that. I can actually, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll add a few more therapeutic, you know, kind of nice pep talky phrases to it. Not just when will you have this back to me? <laughs> I really think oh my God. I, I honestly think every editor should have to be forced to write a book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. And writing with another person is a weird thing. And mm, it's yes. almost like letting someone like see you in the shower, like see you naked. And so wow. I would write a sentence and then Christy would just erase it with no comment. And I'd be like, why does she hate me? Like she... Were you working me. in like one Google Doc? Like, is that is that how this <laughs> yes. was happening? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so many, I mean, you want to... There are some hurt feelings yeah. in the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that mostly played out in comments in the Google Doc. It was just like meta as hell. And, um, but we had to, we had to figure out how to communicate, like to get through that. Right. So like we had to be like, all right, if you love this, tell me, cause I don't know you love it. It's like a marriage, right? Like tell me how you want me to do this or I don't know. And so we joke, we're like, we could write like a communication like manual for husbands and wives now of like how to tell each other what you need. Uh, because we had to go through it in this process to make a book. It was not easy. So much of writing together for us was a learning curve and was trial by error. You know, you just like don't know until you start. And we were, even though we'd worked on marriage vacation together, we were really attacking a different beast in terms of really both, you know, putting both of our names on this and owning the work, but we were also writing about something hard and we didn't live even on the same coast and we had to figure out the technical logistics and we had to figure out the creative logistics. And so that, you know, looking back, it's like, oh my God, how did we do that? But we really had to kind of figure that out all at once while not for nothing, we were both working essentially full-time jobs. You know, I mean, I was still working full-time at Simon & Schuster in a demanding job as an editor working on other people's books still. And, you know, Joe has a million projects and podcasts and everything going on at the same time, not to mention two young children. Uh, And so we we were really, we were in it. We were in it. But the, the beauty of it is that once you go through that, once you do do the learning curve, once you do work out the kinks, then you do it, you know, then it's smooth sailing and that now we have a rhythm, we have a way to work together, we have a dynamic that works. And so we can, you know, apply that, which we're doing to book two. I also just wanted to say like, what a testament to your friendship 
yeah. that you went through this process together and came out stronger on the other side because collaborating on a book is no joke, you know, and so that you were able, you were able to figure out how to communicate with each other and then really take that and run with it is so amazing. I mean, I, I feel like the, the reflection of your friendship in this experience is just really powerful and cool. Oh, thank you. That has been a really meaningful part of it. I think it's one thing to create a book that you're proud of, but I think it's also another thing to come out on the side with a relationship and that you feel proud of, you know, that, that we, we were somehow able to accomplish both. Um, and that's why it's cool for us to go on these podcasts. Like we love talking about it because we can talk about the book, but we can also talk about our relationship. Um, and, and that's pretty cool too. And we hope again that for friendships or relationships or even work partners that are being tested, that there's some inspiration there that, that, you know, you can get through whatever conflict feels insurmountable in the moment. Because to be honest, there were moments where we felt like this was going to be an insurmountable conflict, right? I mean, uh, I wish you could see Joe's face right now, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but we were able to uh we were able to push through it and that's where the 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 real meaning comes well we're actually genuinely like we're just we like each other like even more now that's the thing like we have so much more fun together and like neither of us like we don't have the same kind of i don't want to say bound like we erased all the boundaries but like we're not i'm not uncomfortable i'm not uncomfortable to bring something up or you know, to say something, we, we do have like a code where I'm like, all right, if I'm about to say something about anything that I'm like, maybe I'm wrong about this, or I don't know, is this something I can say? I'm like, Christine, I need some grace. Because like all, both of us, both of us are like, all right, we just, we have. And she's usually grabbing my hand at the same time. <laughs> Give me grace. Um, There's a lot of hand holding in these moments. It's true. It's true. But I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think enough books celebrate female friendship it's always like romantic relationships and i the our, my female friends and in, which includes christine have been the backbone of my life and i want that to be celebrated in fiction as much as we celebrate marriage and engagements and the epigraph of our book really points to that. We put, we turned in this epigraph so long ago, um, about friendship from a little life. And I, a, a, an interviewer read it out loud to us. And it's also different when you hear words, obviously, right? Than even when you're, um, writing them or in this case, cutting and pasting them because they were somebody else's words. But it's just a really, really powerful reminder about, um, you know, how friendship works and, uh, and, and we love it. So definitely spend some time reading the epigraph mm. if you pick up the book. Um, well, this has been such a joy to get to talk to both yeah, of you. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Where can our listeners find you, find your books, find your podcast, tell us everything. So I'm Christine on Instagram at, uh, at C pride, just C in my last name, P R I D E. And that is a good place for both of us to find out about, um, tour updates or events that we're doing or cool stuff that's happening. Um, and the book is available really wherever books are sold. We encourage people to go to your independent bookstore or bookshop. If you want to buy it online, the book is at target, uh, and of course, Amazon. Um, yeah. And- 
And this is Joe. And my Instagram is at Joe Piazza author. Uh, I've just have been trying to get off the Instagram forever, but you can't because that is where you tell people about your things. Uh, so I have another podcast called Under the Influence, which is about being influenced on Instagram. It's, I so mean, it all good. just comes, comes full circle. Uh, Meta-centric. <laughs> yeah. but, but Instagram is the best place to DM me if you're reading We Are Not Like Them or want to and you want to find a buddy and you want us to to hook you up with a reading partner, which is just, it's going to be a very, very cool experiment that will be very time intensive. And I have a, I now have a weird spreadsheet of like just women's names. I feel like Mitt Romney. I'm like, I have binders full of women. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> but I, I think do. that is so cool. I've never heard of any other authors doing that before. So I mean, that's a lot of work. That's really cool that you all yeah. are doing that. It's going to be fun. We're excited. Uh, well, thanks again, y'all. Well, per usual, that was a blast. It was a blast. They were so fun. It felt kind of like a coffee date. Yes, yes. I, like, it's always fun talking to two guests at once. Like, we don't get to do it that often. I know. But it is just like a, like a, such a nice convo. You know, it's, it's just like we're all chat. hanging out. Yeah, it's a group chat. Exactly. exactly. And I also love that there are two women like you and I who became friends as adults. Yes, totally. Now, fun fact, we didn't talk about this, but Joe and I went to college together. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, so you all have known, known each other for 20 years? I have known Joe for quite some time. We didn't, oh she's a couple gosh. years young. She's a couple years younger than me. So we, we, we like knew each other in college, but we weren't really friends. But then we were both like in New York media at the same time. And so, yeah, so we've just like, but yeah, we've known each other for a really long time. Ah. Oh, what a treat, Dory. And I bet you never thought you two would be on a podcast together in your 40s. It is funny. Just I know and this is just a quick aside, but it is funny the people in your life who just like come back around. Yeah, Because it's totally. not always the people you expect. You no. know, like your close friends you stay close with. But then it's like, who are the like outer rung of friends who like stay in your life? It's very it's sometimes very random. <laughs> yes, totally. That is my deep thought for today. Deep thoughts with Dor. <laughs> well, let's get these intentions going here because last week I, I vowed to sit outside with a book for an hour and read uninterrupted. And guess what I did not do? Oh. I did not okay. do that. I did not All do right. it. Well, you know. Now, I did read all of Nora Ephron's I Feel Bad About My Neck. I just read hey. it in but I did finish it. I did read it in a week. That's that's something. It was really nice. You know, I'd like I bought that book when it came out and I love Nora Ephron so much, but I never really connected with the book as mm. like a 27-year-old. Yes, yes. And yes. then I picked it up off my bookshelf and I was like, "Oh, this is the right time for me to read this." You were like, was like, "Hello." Hello. I also feel bad about my neck. This is great timing. <laughs> Um, so I did read that. It was great. And this, you know what I just did before we started recording was I did an online virtual on-demand yoga class with mm. my uh, most beloved yoga teacher from real life from New York, Bryn Christman. Ooh. Ooh. 
Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her studio is Yoga Maya in New York. And, you know, I've like always grieved that I had moving to LA meant I couldn't practice yoga with her. Mm. And then it took this pandemic for me to get my act together. So I took a class, digi- you know, a, an online class with her and it was really wonderful. And so I want to do another one this week. Look at that. And she's wonderful if you're looking for a yoga teacher, whether in New York or online. A bright spot mm-hmm. in the misery that has been the pandemic. <laughs> the misery of this pandemic. Kate got to go back to her yoga teacher. <laughs> I did. All right. So, Dory, let's talk about your intentions right now because you have you had your dad visit. Yes. Um, and it was like very fun. Um and he well i should say we're still in the middle of the visit um it's interesting having him here without my mom because they usually come together it's just like a different Mm -hmm. dynamic totally um and he is very kindly going to be taking care of henry tonight so matt and i can go away for a night to celebrate our anniversary which was a few days ago Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. How many years are you at now? Six, baby. Wow. That's a long time. I know. We have a first grader wedding anniversary. (laughs) Our marriage is a first grader. Your marriage is in first grade. Look at that. Look at that. (sighs) Um, Yeah. So we're going away. And so my intention for this week is to... We're only going away for a night. And I'm not going to bring my computer... And my intention is to just, like, relax and unplug. I think that sounds like a great plan for you. Thank you, Seriously. Kate. I don't mean to be too, like, earnest, but I really do think that's <laughs> a really good idea. Well, thank you so much. You're so welcome. All right. Well, look, I hope you have a lovely time. It's been hey, a pleasure thanks. revisiting our skin lineups together today. It really has been. And let's just remind everyone that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrir, and you, Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Sam Reed is our project manager. Our network partner is ACAST. We will talk to you all again very soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>